What's up, everyone? Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here, joined by Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione, coming off of a really great weekend of cornhole over in my neck of the woods in Cali. I had so much fun watching so many players that I get to see quite often over there on the streaming courts and doing their thing and letting other people see how awesome they are. So really uh, looking forward to talking about that in more detail. But before we do, any exciting weekend stuff happening, Trey? Anything cool happened this past week or weekend? Nope. Football and cornhole. Spent my week <laughs> on weekend on the, on the couch watching both at the same time. That's I great. love it. That can be exciting. It actually worked out. It actually worked out because like most of what I wanted to watch was like during the day, especially on Saturday. And because it was a West Coast event, like everything started later. Yeah. So like oh, I could watch cornhole yeah. after football and then, you know, Sunday was great. I mean, yeah, it was just a good, it was a good weekend to watch catching up on everything. West Coast advantages. <laughs> How about you, Anthony? Yeah, my kid's still recovering from that knee injury. So that means more cornhole registrations for this guy. Uh, <laughs> we had a, we had a regional down in um, Colorado Springs again. So just south of uh, an hour, hour and a half south of Denver. I got a second in doubles. Fifth in singles, so my grind to try and stay relevant in this game continues. Um, but yeah, so I, hey, if I could just take a second, Misha, I think it's time to talk about two baggers out of Colorado that are really showing some serious, like like real serious elite level promise. A year ago this time, we were talking about the high school championships going into Myrtle Beach. And I said, watch out for 16-year-olds. Gavin Hammond and Jackson Remick to come out of Myrtle Beach with national championships. And they did that when the team's event fast forward to today. These guys are the reigning doubles state champs. Gavin is the reigning state singles champs. They are the players to beat. Anytime we go into a mountain South tournament, Jackson Remick swept the regional this weekend, singles and doubles through a 9.83 over 12 rounds in the final round in that final round, Total dirty rollback style. These are what these guys are going to bring to you. Meanwhile, Gavin was out in Cali. So he was doing the open, took seventh in singles, seventh in doubles with some signature wins over Peter Sasueta in singles. And Mies, check this out. He got a win in doubles over Al, uh, Alec Ryan and Hamilton or Hamilton or Fisher Hamilton. So I think these guys coming into Myrtle Beach right now, they're coming in Watch blazing out. hot. Yeah, I expect <laughs> them to improve on last year. Um, in that team's event alongside Cooper Bingham, Bingham and Cooper Bilbrey and straight up serious threats for singles and doubles in those divisions as well. I remember those boys. They were uh, fun. I, met, uh, I ran into them at the airport. They're all really cool. Yeah, super. Future nice. ACL pros, Anthony? Hey, they're young, right? That's what's working against them. They're going to have to fight with the other U18s to get spots. But absolute, absolutely uh uh, pro level talent and not just any pro we're talking top 50 i would say right now if you drop them in the league well speaking of pro level talent i played in two tournaments this weekend uh not not pro level talent over on this side of things over here <laughs> i think i had an average of a four it was like my worst performance ever but i did do the trifecta on saturday i ran a tournament while playing in a tournament, while watching a tournament. <laughs> I don't know. Who else nice. That, <laughs> is the, that is the kind of tri trifecta that requires <laughs> high level but, of focus. But I, it, it was, I had my laptop at the event. It was an outdoor event. So I was like putting shade over my laptop to try to watch the, 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 the 
Open happening this weekend. And then on Sunday, we played the tournament at a local winery here. That was really cool. So I played awesome. a lot of cornhole and I played horribly at a lot of cornhole. So that's, um, <laughs> that's all your fault. I'm blaming all of you. I am no longer yeah. relevant. So good for you, Anthony. It's but, a grind. Uh, it's a grind to stay relevant. But the ones that were relevant, well, were a lot of other people playing at the California Open. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there because I was running that tournament. But all sorts of cool people going to Upland Sports Arena this past weekend. Um, Our winners, our women's singles winner was Cameron Belvin. Our senior singles winner was Bill Hadley. Level one doubles was Devin Harbaugh and Vincent Frisch. And open singles winner was Ryan Windsor. And you didn't have it on here, but Vincent Frisch did take that blind draw win as well. So great weekend for him. Uh, Trey, what are your thoughts um, on the on the open? Yeah, I think uh, Vincent Frisch made us both look smart there, Michelle. I mean, you <laughs> yeah. in doubles. Um, I called him in singles, was maybe a little bit aggressive for my hot take, but in the end, I think um, you know, I can't he came in third place, I believe, in his bracket. Only lost to Kyle Malone, who won that winner's bracket, and then Ryan Windsor, who wins the whole thing. So a couple different things that came out of there for me. One was that um, Ryan Windsor seemed to be back in form. Big time. I I, I just kind of ran his statistics across the entire tournament, including the final four and everything. Ten and one record, only losing to Vincent Frisch. 10.21 PPR. A 0.83 DPR, 8.7 points allowed per game, and a 42% four bagger rate. The 42% four bagger rate was the statistic that popped off the screen for me because even when I watched Windsor, yes, he was he was attacking the hole, but he was playing his normal game of if yep. something came up short, he was able to get, you know, he played a really high level. So so what I'm saying is even with a, a, a block predominant strategy or even um, just maybe a slide shot that comes up short sometimes that turns yes. into a blocker, even with that strategy, Ryan Windsor was able to play at a really high level and put a lot of bags in the hole. And that 40% four bagger is Ill, 42% is elite. I mean, when you see 40 plus percent, that's when you know that player is locked in, really impressed with what Ryan Windsor um, so, you know, I think we'll talk about it later, but the, the question is, can he sustain that across the entire season, get back to the form we saw a few years ago from Ryan Windsor, um, Vincent Frisch, like I said, I'm going to keep talking about this kid. He's, I think he might be one of the most talented players in the entire West conference, um, played at a really high level, had an opportunity to go for that trifecta. Um, mm-hmm. Different type of trifecta that Michelle had, but you know this a little one, bit different. <laughs> blind draw doubles, um, and and just couldn't get on the single side. Um, but he's shown that he's a really strong partner when it comes to these doubles tournaments. How about Devin Harbaugh? Devin yeah. Harbaugh played arguably the best cornhole across the entire weekend, but again, I'm a little bit worried. That Harbaugh is just destroying people until he gets right up to the end, right? And then right up to the end, something seems to not go so well. Um, So I just don't want that trend to continue like it has been for a past few tournaments. It's kind of the same, same, you know, symptoms that Tony Smith is having right now. Tony Smith is 
demolishing people until he gets all the way to the end. And then it's, you know, he just can't get across that finish line. Again, just a little bit worried. I'm not, not panic button right now, but just a little bit worried that those two are developing this habit of loving second and third place, right? <laughs> loving that second and third place spot. Um, so it was really impressed with them. I thought Kyle Malone had a really strong, quiet uh, performance here at, at this past weekend. I think he's trying to, you know, let everybody know again that he's here and he's not just a top 40 player. He's, he's, a, he's a potential top 20 player. I don't think we saw that as much this year in singles, but Kyle Malone certainly can be that player that sneaks into a top 20, um, maybe even a top 15. So I was really impressed what I saw for, from Kyle Malone. If I add anything on the, on the women's side, Cameron Belvin was really, really good. High PPR performance from her. I think she's going to have a great season. I'm just hoping she continues this throughout the entire year. And if so, you know, I think I think there's no reason why she can't battle Sarah Cassidy for that number two female spot that that she's oh, had yeah. for the past couple of years. So, mm-hmm. um, or, or maybe even number one. Um, we've seen her beat Cheyenne before, so we'll see if if uh, Cameron Belvin keep that rolling. I think that was a big win. I mean, if you look at who's won, I, I tweeted this out. If you look at who's won women's events so far this season, it's it's Courtney Coy, it's Sam Finley, it's Cheyenne Bubenheim, and now it's Cameron Belvin. So literally only former world champions um, taking down some big wins there. So at least on the women's side, no big surprises to start the season at least. So overall, yeah, um, my big winners on the weekend got to be uh, Vincent Frisch, Devin Harbaugh, and then obviously Ryan Windsor as well. Now, you didn't mention it, and Anthony, I'm not sure if you're going to cover it, but there is something specific about how far Vincent got in singles. That A bracket was insane. I mean, that was not the bracket you wanted to be in. So to get really far in that bracket is uh, impressive on its own. But Anthony, what are your thoughts? Yeah, thoughts uh, starting off with women. So uh, last week we talked about how light that women's field was, right? And the opportunity for some unknown names to break out and win the thing. We only had six of the top 15 women in the field. We said, though, that player is going to have to go through a Cameron Belvin or an Isabella Soprenit to get there, and that's pretty much what happened. Gina Ramirez, never heard of her. So there's your no-name coming in. Um, Her only losses in the tournament were to Cameron Belvin, took second place. So we had a no-name really deep. Also, Michaela Calvi, the 15-year-old out of Hawaii, making the trip from Oahu, She's a legit nice. Uh, she's kind of on notice for me. She was putting up some pretty, pretty uh, elite level stats, especially in some games. I mean, at some point she was at 11, you know, when the game would settle, she was ending up in that 10, but overall her stats look really, really good. Um, but this time it was Belvin that the field had to go through a nine, eight, seven in that tournament to take the ship. What do you think, Mish? I mean, Belvin looking nice right now, right? Well, we know how Bernie feels about Belvin. Yeah. <laughs> so all he talks about. <laughs> and yeah. no, I, I I love Cameron. I'm actually surprised that Karen Belvin isn't that second spot. You know. Yeah, and, and Gina Ramirez is gonna be a pro. She is a pro this year. So okay. um she PDC is a first or year pro. Why? Oh, pro pro. First, okay. First year pro. So um that was, you know, I'm glad you brought her up, Anthony, because she was someone that was, you know. Coming out of the West again, Arizona, Todd Noer, Newer. Um, she came through through the application process, but she was like one of the first females to get a check 
right? And uh, yeah, check for, for being into the pro division off of application. And a big part of that was Todd Kosicki saying this, this girl's ready. Um, and so it was good to kind of see that uh, right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. In doubles, Mish just wanted to mention, uh, I mean, just let's, you already mentioned Harbaugh. The dude is a shooter, right? Eats, breathes, sleeps cornhole. We already talked about Frisch. Congrats to those guys. But looking kind of a little bit deeper into the field, Eddie Grindersleeve was a standout bagger for me out of the entire doubles division. I mean, in short, the dude was slaying his side of the board the entire tournament. A 9-3, a .93 DPR. His partner, Kenny Tackett, just couldn't match that level of play. They ultimately took 17th. Very similar story for Justin Burton Jr. He was fire. Logan Chamberlain was not. They took 13th. Uh, we all expected more out of Wooten and Windsor. Wooten, just just not the usual Wooten. Uh, you know, it's not usual Wooten's self. Ultimately, he got outscored by his opponents opponents in that doubles tournament. Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfield taking 13th. You know, wasn't what they or any of us would have considered a good showing. Their two losses, Nick Williams, Andre Labrador. They also lost to Dylan Turpin and Caleb Franklin. Strong teams to lose to, but these are the wins that you need to get to be considered a top 10 team. And let's note, Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfield were in both my and Trey's top 10 list when we did those early predictions. So those are the, those are the matches those guys need to win. Really strong run for Jimmy Humans, and you mentioned Kyle Malone. I mean, listen, we, we know we know these guys are elite level, a new team coming together. What are they going to look like here in 2023? They're wanting the world to see what they can do. Third overall, going through teams like Gilbert uh, and Gonzalez. They went through Holland and Voyer, which were pretty strong in this tournament, and a signature win over Smith and Trzinski. Um, Smith and Trzinski, also on our top 10 list, Trey. So, for humans and Malone to pull that one out, a big start to the season for those guys. Um, should note, though, both of their losses did come to Ryan and Hamilton. Knocked him down, knocked him out. So overall, mm -hmm. still a good season. Uh, speaking of Voyer, um, fun guy, right? Solid personality, huge extrovert. Um, it just seems like a pretty fun guy. So, Mish, this one will be fun. I think you'll, you'll find this one funny. We were going back and forth before and during the tournament. So Voyer was like, hey. Me and Josh Holland in this thing. Watch us in this open. We're going to do some work, right? So so naturally, my response, you know, because it's Voyer and he has that personality. And Mish, you probably would have done the same. I was like, bro, I cannot wait to get onto the show and talk about how Josh Holland carried your ass to the finals. So, <laughs> uh, so, so Mish, I'll let, I'll let you be the judge of this, right? Voyer, he throws a respectable 9.53. Mm -hmm. Holland throws a 9.07. But Holland wins the DPR battle. Holland with a 0.34. Voyer half of that with a 0.18. Who carried who, Mish? Oh, man. <laughs> well, I have to say, uh, Nate looked really good at the blind draw. I was watching a lot of his matches. And, and I was thinking, man, if he continues to play that way through the weekend, it's going to be really deadly. It did seem to fall off a little bit. So I'm going to go, uh, man, you go DPR. This is the debate, right? Yes, it is. DPR, DPR. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about that like magic stat when you combine it together? The one that Mike always talked about. Oh yeah. I, the efficiency value or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go to that one. All right. We'll call it even. We'll call it even <laughs> on this one. <laughs> That's a good. Hey, but, uh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, he's a fun guy. And uh, actually, he looked pretty strong through the tournament. Um, yeah, just real quick in singles. 
Um, last month, I definitely want to talk about Windsor a little bit. We talked about him in our overreaction segment last month. The topic was, will he be similar to his 2022 self or his 2021 self? And I'm going to stand by that response that he's going to be similar to his 2021 self. And here he is showing up. You already mentioned it, Trey. A 10-2-1. And that was over 131 rounds in just bracket play. So unbelievable numbers for Windsor. What I love about Windsor, he's a no-excuse guy. I absolutely love it. When he fell off last season, blamed nobody. Didn't say anything. He just comes out this year, and he's killing it. Proving to people that he's still relevant. So I really love that about Mish. Definitely want to send it a shout out to Danny Borja. I mean, you've mentioned him a few times, Mish. Fourth in his bracket. He was a solid run for an amateur. Uh, wanted to mention him as well. But um, Alec Ryan, just a few words on him. Backs up his open number three with a run in, in this open number four to the bracket final. That is the consistency that we need to see for top 10 players. Uh, Alec hit me with a message after singles and he said, Make sure everyone knows Harbaugh hit me with four bar of soaps. <laughs> so Harbaugh was absolutely killing it. Harbaugh responsible for all four of Alec Ryan's losses. I thought that was significant. <laughs> Singles knocked him down and out. Doubles knocked him down and out. So Harbaugh's apparently throwing this new carpet. Have you guys heard of this cornhole coastal boardwalker yeah. carpet? Yeah, cornhole Appar coastal is yeah new company. Okay, that one that one caught my interest. It's it's a Viking like carpet, but has a viper like slick side. Um, Harbaugh was calling it a slinky bag, and Ryan was saying these are some cheater carpet bags. So so now <laughs> now I'm interested in in what's going on there. But just to close that up, speaking of carpet, in all four all four bracket winners, all carpet, the championship match in doubles, all carpet. So the verdict is still out. It's early. Is this the year of the carpet bag? We'll kind of have to see how it continues, but certainly it's still in the discussion. It's still out there. What do you think on that, Trey? Yeah, hey, look, yeah, keep it. You keep winning all the opens, Anthony. You can hear the <laughs> guys can win all the opens they want. Um, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> it's setting up well. It is setting up well for you. Yeah, no doubt. I wonder if Alec if. Devin Harbaugh is going to rent space in Alec Ryan's head or if it's just going to make him feel more fueled. Like I'm very curious how that's going to play out over the season. He's just saying, just, I just don't need to play him anymore. Just keep him on the other bracket. Yeah, yeah. Keep him out. I mean, somebody else can eliminate Somebody him. else deal with that. I don't want to deal with it. All right, let's move on to overreaction Monday. Is this an overreaction or not? First one being now we should be worried about Tony Smith finishing in second place again. By the way, this was the topic we kept talking about with Matt Guy last season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this is not a new thing. We've seen this before, but what do you and think? And Jordan right? Power last year, yeah. That's right, yeah. and Jordan Power. All right, I'm saying not an overreaction, but it's the last time. If he comes out in second place again, I'm 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 overreacting. All right, so <laughs> you get one more shot of finishing in second place, Tony Smith, or else I'm I'm hitting the panic button. I think he's still in a fine place. He's still getting all the way there, right? The issue is sometimes when you start getting out of the win and losing, it can make you go a little bit crazier in your own head to make yourself want to make changes going into a tournament, which you right. can't do. You have to understand, look, hey, look, you got to think about what got you all the way there, right? There's no need to change, no need to get a panic button. So 
I'll say not an over overreaction, um, or I'll say it is an overreaction to say that we are worried about Tony Smith. Right. Anthony? I agree. Overreaction. Uh, he's going to tell you he choked. Uh, but look at the grind that he did in that bracket. Took a fourth-round loss, rattled off six wins in a row through the loser's bracket, going through Hunter Thorne, 21-18. Another 21-18 win against Grindersleeve. You don't win matches like that if you're a choke artist. I'm going to agree. Overreaction. We still got Tony Smith. He's going to be a top player in this league. For sure. Cameron Belvin is Cheyenne Bubenheim's biggest competitor in the women's division. Mm -hmm. Um, I am going to say it's not an overreaction, but I still think she finishes third. I think her and Sam Finley are like so neck and neck right now. Like, right. So I don't think it's, 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 it's necessarily out of the question for her to finish second. Um, but right now, if I had to pick one, I'll go I'll go Sam Finley second and Cameron Belvin third. Okay. Anthony? Yeah, I'm thinking overreaction. I don't think Belvin stands alone on this one. You mentioned Finley. She's certainly in discussion. The verdict is still out on Downer and huge back is threats. Yeti trending up. Hunter is still grinding. And we're seeing a much improved Rosie Streaker this season. I think it's a group effort right now. There's not necessarily the biggest competitor um, so Belvin not standing alone on this one. Okay. Vincent Frisch is the best player West of Texas. Wow. Stop playing. I'm going to say not overreaction. Oh I'm my in. gosh. I'm, I'm bought in. Oh my I'm done. God. I don't need, to, I don't need to see. Frisch what else has told you. you. <laughs> what, do you, what else do you want me to, what else do you need to see Anthony? I need to see a pro level event from this guy. Well, as a PDC player though, that's tough though, because your first, matchup is the highest ranked person i mean that's just going to be a that's a tough way to do it <laughs> i would think but i hear you not an overreaction <laughs> as uh so i'm going the other way right misha uh, the kid is good I, i'm going to give him that he's real good but it's way too early for me to drop something like that want to see him in a pro level event against all pro level talent against on the main stage well how is he going to handle that pressure um yeah overreaction for right now Okay. A lot of potential, though. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. Uh, it's going to be a two-horse race between Ryan Wienfield and Fisher Hamilton for Rookie of the Year. Trey? I, I Based on what I've seen so far, I don't think it's an overreaction. And that pains me because so much I want to be able to say Logan Chamberlain's going to be in it. But Anthony kind of said it. He didn't play that well at the last Open. Not necessarily worries me that he's not going to be a good pro. It's just like when we're talking about being – our rookie of the year, you got to be the best. As of right now, I think it's a two-horse race. The one that can maybe challenge them would be Gavin Cano. But the problem with Cano is, is that he's playing with Fisher Hamilton in doubles, which means he doesn't have any ground to make up on them when it comes mm-hmm. to on, on Fisher because they're playing together in doubles. The only way yeah. he can beat him is to consistently – finish ahead of him in singles, which I just haven't seen yet. So um, I think I think it's a two-horse race. I'm going to say not an overreaction. Anthony? Yeah, you hit it for me. Gavin Cano's recent play has me backing off this one. I'm going to say overreaction because of Cano. We should note we did get a Cano – or wait, Cano finished higher than Weedenfield, but – Connell played Hamilton in the open. Hamilton won it. So we're kind of keeping a little tally here. 
I think it's a three-horse race. Cano, Weedenfield, Hamilton. So uh, overreaction, I don't think it's a two-horse race. And right, just for point of clarification, Ryan Weedenfeld and Ryan Smith being higher in doubles, I think will make a significant case uh, ahead of Cano when it comes to that race. True. Last one, Ryan Windsor is back to being a top five player. Uh, so five, I'm going to go – Anthony are going to switch on this one, I promise you. What he said Uh-oh. about Frisch, I'm going to say – I'm going to say overreaction. I'm not ready to – I'm not ready to give that right back. Being top five three years ago is a lot different than being top five right now. I want to see more consistency out of Windsor before I give him that. Overreaction. I agree. Anthony. Overreaction. Uh, Windsor oh. looks much improved. Much improved. He's going to improve on his 19th spot. I think he's 12 to 14 top five overreaction right now all right all right trey it's time it's, it's our favorite we game. Need like a, i know we need like a better <laughs> intro for this like a little song or something yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> more and more name that player all right we're running i i only want to do this in the off season though because like we're gonna have so much to talk about like and i say off season but like once we get into like the spring and summer we don't have, we don't have time for name that player right? yeah we're, agreed. Where we got a million other segments. So um, I got two again today. Um, hopefully they're not too crazy. We only have, what, three minutes, so I'll go quick. Um, this player, 19th all-time with four titles, tied with a bunch of other people. Yes. Okay? <laughs> um, I'm trying not to go too far to the top, right? If I go too far to the top, it becomes easier to do, right? But I also don't want yeah, to make it impossible. Yeah. To be it, real it's good a first this. clue. It's a first yeah. clue. You know, it's a good first clue. Um, the split is three to one doubles. Three, three doubles titles to one singles. Title. One single, okay. Okay. One of those is a world championship in doubles. Okay. So that's significant because. Oh. It is significant, that's, and Anthony just quite, said, "Peace out." <laughs> And I'll get to you next time. <laughs> he's thinking about it. He's going to go through yeah, and he's really going to think about this. And He wants um, to go Google it real quick and not get caught. Yes. <laughs> that, that was uh, – all right, he's here. All right, so that's he significant. He a lot of suspense. Because <laughs> uh, you're a world champ, but you only have four. So typically if you're a world champ, you might be up around those like six, seven, eight, nine. So it's someone that is like, is it like a one hit wonder kind of thing, you know? So mm-hmm. that one's in mind. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Trey. Anybody else? Anybody no guesses so far? No. Well, no. I'm sorry. My okay. dog. I kind of feel like. Only singles win is in a shootout. Okay. That means they won any shootout, right? Like any of the shootouts, like the one that the shootouts. or won the whole. Okay, got it. They have made a final four in singles at a national twice in the past two years. See, we can't go. Say that again. I'm sorry. And over the past two seasons, they've made a final four at a national in singles twice. Final four. I got nothing. Good. Was it the last clue? All right. I'm going to throw one out there. No, because did he win a Jay Rubin? Oh, he got oh. it. Oh, he got yes. it. Wow. I'm thinking, I'm thinking he, just, 
He just won that world championship. He's a pretty strong singles player, but I wasn't sure if he'd won a shootout. So, I was trying to remember that too. Last year in Iowa. It was last year? Okay. Yeah, last. No, well, not. it was in 2021. Um, the last clue was going to be he's a current world champion. Okay, so, that had done it right there. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, last one. I'll go quick. Um, this person is 12th all time with five titles. So okay. one more than Ruben. The split is three singles to two doubles. Pretty even. This player has never won a doubles title with their pro partner. (laughs) This will be their second year as an ACL pro. Okay. Rookie last year. Never Wait. won with their pro partner. Yeah. So what did they win again? Three singles, two doubles. Three singles. But you haven't given us any breakout of national world shootout yet, right? No, okay. that's the next clue. Okay. But you got to make a guess before. Do you want to make a guess before you get or no? Man, I got nothing. <laughs> they have only won open events. Oh, okay. Well, new last year, rookie. Noah Almanza? How many did? Wait. Yeah. Almanza, ooh, that many. Uh, maybe a Hicks. Alex Hicks. Yeah. He's two for two. Fire. R- rookie last season, a lot of opens. Yeah, Hicks got three singles. Uh, three and singles he never won with Kyle Hutley. And never won with Hutley. Yeah, Hutley was, uh, just, just didn't didn't cut it last year. Yep. That makes sense. Beautiful. Right. Great job, Anthony. Yeah. Get better, me. Way to carry us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving into buy or sell. I'm going to read some names, and you let me know if you buy or sell if this player will be a first-round pick in the ACL teams draft. First one being Brett Guy. Yeah, so I'm starting to do a little bit of digging into this, and i am almost got my first-round mock draft done. And I know Anthony is probably starting to work on that. He's already done it four times already. I don't know. It could have yeah, been either nice. one of those two, so – I like Brett Guy in the first round. I think he's a first-round talent, and Kentucky gets a later pick, second half of the of the round. So I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say, yeah, he's a he's a first-round pick, middle, actually more of a middle of the round. But I'll say yes, bye, first-round pick. Anthony, I'm going the other way. I'm selling, and I'm saying he's a clear second-round pick. Uh, what also doesn't ha- help us is we haven't really seen anything yet from him early in the season. While we're seeing all these other people with a lot of good runs in tournaments who were questionable first round. So I'm going to say uh, second round. Mm-hmm. Devil's advocate. Teams is 10 round limited this year. And what player has won a doubles shootout the past two seasons? Just That's saying. a good point. Good point. That, that is something to consider. It's like it yes. won Steven Bernasset. Buy or sell. Uh, I think this, I think, uh, yeah, I say Bernsett's, he's already won a national before in singles. He's shown that he can play at a high level. He's won doubles events before with Tom Gustafson last year. I'll buy it. I actually like him early to mid first round. Really? It would not surprise me if, if the Michigan Marauders go out and grab him. I think he's from kind of that general region. I don't know. I, I like Bernsett. I'll say bye. Anthony? Ah, I was, this one was a hard one for me. If we look at true ranks, he's a middle first round pick, mm-hmm. but then you look at these players. We have a returning Tyler Poitras, a returning Jordan Camba rookies like Weedenfield, Burton, Jr. Hamilton, 
Cano, Costanza. We have Alec Ryan, who's supposed to be a second-round pick based on ranks, who's a clear, to me, he's a solid mm-hmm. first-round pick right now. But here's the twist. You, mes- you mentioned the Michigan Marauders. You've got Gustafson and Bernasette both out there. I think if it came down to having to pick one of those, one of the two, Gustafson gets the nod. I think he gets the pick. I think Bernasette's overlooked. He goes in the second round. Justin Burton Jr. What do we think? Uh, I I like Justin Burton Jr. I just couldn't find a place for him him when I went through my mock draft. I just didn't see anybody jumping out over him. I think the people that are going to be apt to take him have other priorities. I'm going to sell and say he's a second round pick. Anthony, I'm going to buy it. Um, (laughs) Texas has a late pick, the 12th pick. I think AJ Sims is gone by the time Texas gets a pick. I think that moves JBJ up the list. He's a strong potential pick by Texas, number 12 in the first round. Who do you think takes AJ? I know. I looked at that. I looked at that. I'm like, he's just too talented. When you look at the pool of players, I don't think it's going to be a clear fit, like an obvious fit. But mm-hmm. I think whatever captain looks at the best available list and says, we have to go get A.J. Sims, and we'll figure out how he plays into our team. Kobe Costanza, buy or sell? Um, I think I need to see if people are going to want to see more from him. Um, so I'm going to sell that and say he's he's actually, I think, a mid to late second round pick. Interesting. Anthony? I'm right with that. I think I think he's a first round talent, but uh, goes in the second round. We just have we don't have much recent history on him to persuade me to a first round. Right. And last one, Berkeley Pear. This one is tough. Um, I think if Virginia is late in the first round, or um, here's the other condition. I think Carolina may go get him. If Tyler Poitras is not still on the board, they get the last pick. But I think Tyler Poitras may still be on the board that late in the round. I think he may be one of the last picks in the round. I don't know. Um, but what I think Virginia, you know, with the third pick, they may go get Ryan Smith. Um, mm-hmm. So I just don't know who's going to go after Berkeley Pair. I think he's one of those guys that first-round talent falls to the second round and someone in the second round gets a hell of a value. Anthony legit bagger. I think he's arguably more legit in other formats outside of the pro only division. Um, honestly, no way. I don't see how he fits into that first round pick unless there's a friendship or some type of a connection there that blows up the best pick available logic. But logically I don't see him going first round. It would not surprise me if he's still available on the turn of the first round, the Carolina Coasters snag Tyler Poitras, and then right coming out of there, they grab um, Berkeley Pear. Okay, and now you have Trevor Brooks, Berkeley Pear that played together last season. They've they've got chemistry. I mean, that could be that could be a couple uh, a good swing right there for the, for okay. the uh, Coasters. I like that. It's a snake draft, right, Trey? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. All right, let's go into your singles power rankings. We did them before the first open, but now we've seen four opens. (laughs) Let's see how those lists are shaping up. Trey, what do you got? All right, so my power rankings, I'm I'm giving a lot of credit to how things ended last year, okay? And if you're going to sneak in or move stuff around, you better have done some really cool stuff 
and been really good so far this season. Okay. Um, having said that, my, my list is a little bit jumbled. Um, number one, I got Jamie Graham on my number one of on my power rankings. I think he's, he's already won an open. He was dominant in that open. He swept it. I don't think he's played much at an open level since. So he hasn't, but he was so good at the end of last year. It required an exceptional performance from Mark Richards. And so far we've seen Jamie Graham carry that. We've seen Mark Richards carry that, continue that in doubles, but we haven't seen that dominant yet performance from Mark Richards in singles. So I have Jamie Graham one. So you're Number not giving much, have, you're not giving much weight to his last place finish after throwing the football at the last open. No, <laughs> no, not, we're going to ignore not, that one. <laughs> throwing that one out. That um, one's gone. Number two, I have I have Mark Richards. Um, enough said. Number three, moving up my list, I have Tony Smith. Right now, he's shown that he's finished top five multiple times so far this season, playing at a high level, really, really putting forth a strong performance. Um, I like Tony Smith there. Alex Rawls, number four, haven't seen a ton yet from Alex Rawls. Okay, he's just someone right on the fringe. Um, he's going to be another top five player. I just want to see where he ends up just waiting on a signature performance there. Number five, here's where my kind of shakeups really begin. Number five, I have Devin Harbaugh. Okay. Devin Harbaugh has shown that he is playing at a really, really high level in both singles and doubles. And if he can just get over finishing second place and third place, he's going to run through a lot of these brackets throughout the season. Watch out for Devin Harbaugh. I have him at five. Number six, another shocker, I have Noah Wooten jumping all the way into my top ten. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I I almost talked myself out of it after how he played this weekend, but aside from that, he is playing. When you take the second half of the year into this first couple opens, he's just playing at a really, really high level and being really impressive has been Noah Wooten. Seven, I have Matt Guy. Um, you know, not not flashy so far yet this season, but when you look at statistically, he's still putting out outrageous PPRs. He's going to be there. I just haven't seen him get to a finish line just yet. Number eight, I have Noah Almanza, already an open winner. I think he's holding serve to where he was last season. I like that. Number nine, Tanner Halbert. He only drops because he hasn't played anything yet, right? And I just want to make sure that consistency is still there. And number 10, really, I had to convince myself to keep this person in the top 10, Josh Holland. I don't like what I've seen so far from Josh Holland. He's getting a lot of benefit of the doubt because he was so good last season. But I think if this trend continues, he's going to fall out of there and give room and make room for another one of these players that's had a really good start to the season. So Graham, Richards, Smith, Rawls, Harbaugh, Wooten, Guy, Almanza, Halbert, and Holland are my top 10, Anthony. I'm I'm curious though, real real quick, where Alec Ryan, does he have any ability to make his way in there? Yeah. So uh, he's got the ability, right? Um, The problem is it's tough for me to say he finished 40th last season and get him all the way to where he wants to be. Yeah. He's right now. He's in my top 15. If I had a 15 list, he would be there. Um, I want to see him, see him continue to grind at that level. Just curious. All right, Anthony, let's hear yours. Yeah, your list shook up quite a bit. A hey, Devin Harbaugh moving in number five. That one's huge. Alex Hicks, I think, was on your list before. Gone. So uh, you shook it up quite a bit. Wooten moving in. Um, 
Number one, uh, we share that one. Jamie Graham, I just I just can't deny the grind and the work that this guy's putting in, plus the talent. I'm also putting a lot of weight into the finishes from last season um, in my in my top ten. I'm actually keeping Tanner Halbert at two. You're absolutely right. We don't have much from this guy all season, but he came off of that season, the, the back part of that season hot. I think he's a top talent. This one is a gut feeling because I just don't see – if you compare a number one Jamie Graham to my number two Tanner Halbert, I think there's a discrepancy in the amount of grind that's going on. Um, obviously, Jamie Graham is a committed pro player. That is his job. Tanner Halbert has a family and another job. That could be a factor, but I'm giving a lot of weight to what he showed at the end of the season. Um, your number two is my number three, Mark Richards. We share number four, Alex Rawls. Also, don't have a lot from uh, Alex Rawls yet at the start of the season. But again, just so much talent coming off. I think he definitely is a top four guy. Matt Guy at number five. I, I think you moved him down your list a little bit from the last time that we did this. I've got Tony Smith still at number six. You moved Tony Smith up, but he's still in both top tens. Uh, my number seven, Devin Harbaugh. Um, and we saw what he did this weekend. He's been on my list since the first time. An amazing talent. I'm still holding out hope for Alex Hicks. And I say hope. I mean, maybe the talent is going to override. I don't think it's much hope. But again, we're just not seeing a lot from him to start the season. I'm real excited to see him getting in and grinding through. There was that one open that really gave me some pause. He absolutely, it almost looked like he quit in singles. If you look at some of the stats that were coming out, that one's really stuck in my head right now. I don't know what was going on. Maybe it was a personal issue. Maybe it was a 13-year-old. Like you said, Trey, I, if he becomes a teenager we might have a problem. That one's still stuck in my head, but I'm going to keep him at number eight. Josh Holland also just barely made my top 10. I agree with what you were saying there. I have him at number nine. Really where my list changed was 11 through 20 with all the activity going on. I'm still at number 10 because of the performance this weekend. Fisher Hamilton gets my number 10. If Weedenfield finished ahead of him in Cali, I would have given Weedenfield the number 10. So that rounds up my top 10 with, with Hamilton at, at number 10 there. That's awesome. All right. Got a rookie in there. That's exciting. All right. We have got Thanksgiving coming up this week. Um, so we want to go over some of the things that we're thankful for when it comes to cornhole. So uh, Trey, let's start with you. Yeah, this is like, the, this is like the best time ever, right? We're getting to the holiday season. We, everybody's, we're gonna eat a lot of food this weekend. So thankful first, I gotta say, I am very thankful for my content team. All of you guys, uh, you know, make make this make this you know an awesome place to work and an awesome place to just generate content and and talk about cornhole. I mean, how awesome is it that we literally get to talk about cornhole as as much as we want to? So it's 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 Anthony, Michelle, uh, Bernie. We have Jeff McCarriger. Um, I mean, literally Haley, who does a lot of our content, Jenna doing a lot of our content, Wally in front of camera, um, Rosie behind this, behind the scenes that does a lot of work for us. So, um, when it comes to the content side, you know, really, really appreciative of everything and thankful that I got a great team that, that makes the ACL look good. Cause if it wasn't for you guys, then we would, uh, you know, we'd have to. We wouldn't want to put Stacy in front of camera. Trust me, he would not. <laughs> or in front of a microphone. You know, he's good for one line a year. Who hates teams, right? But um, 
you know, aside from that. So, so thankful for that. So what thankful was the for hot, a- hot damn, hot damn, uh, we're in Rotterdam. Hot damn, we're in Rotterdam. That's right. <laughs> we yeah. got two lines, two lines this yeah, season or this past season. Now. <laughs> like a month apart too, not even a couple of weeks apart. Right? He was on a, a fire. Roll. He was on a roll. So, uh, super thankful for, for that. Thankful for um, you know it, uh, an incredible division of ACL pros that are continuing to develop. Um, thankful for our executive team that does a really great job of doing stuff behind the scenes. You know, you know, for better or for worse, I'm probably the one that ends up in front of camera most in in in, in front of a microphone for the most of the time, but. There's a lot of great work that happens behind the scenes, whether it's Sean on the technology side, it's Todd working through all the directors and working with Dave Weiser and Josh Keck to really make things to make things roll. Fred Buchero on the operations side, the logistics man, him and Kat Kennedy Halbert working really strong together. Um, Ron Freeman doing all of our merch and development on that side as far as licensing goes with, with Sydney that busts her ass. Um, on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, I could, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely forgetting people, but um, I think in, in the end, I'm just saying I'm, I'm thankful for the team that's kind of developed uh, on the content side, but also the pros that we've helped develop and then and ultimately the staff that we have here. Awesome. What do you got, Anthony? Hey, I'm not a very emotional guy, but this is going to sound pretty emotional. I'm a pretty black and white guy. You don't get much emotion out of yeah. me. I really, I really – I really do stand behind this. So it was so clear for me when you said, what are you thankful for in Cornhole? Um, it, straight up, I am absolutely thankful for the opportunity and position uh, that I've been put in as a member of the ACL content team. You mentioned the names, Trey. Uh, you guys, Bernie Neighbors, Wally, Jeff McGarriger. We get Hallie, or excuse me, Haley in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the live feeds running the truck. Some cameo appearances from Cat Halbert just had absolutely great times. Um, and... You know, look at us right now. I mean, we're sitting here together on the show, being able to talk about the sport we know and love to an audience of cornhole-minded people that share the same passion. You know, being able to jump on the mic at the nationals, on the live streams, uh, multiple locations around the nations. I mean, Trey, you put me on NBC, ESPN, to be able to, to really portray my version of the game through the mic to the cornhole fans that share that same mindset, it just blows my mind that I've been given this opportunity. And I recognize that there's other cornhole-minded people out there, so I'm very humbled and thankful to be to have been chosen uh, to be able to do that. You know, to be able to represent the pros as an ex-pro in the content team, mm-hmm. um, to be able to represent you guys out in the content world. So I don't know. Um, I, I take this position very seriously. And I really strive to bring, you know, the best content I can forward to the cornhole population. So I'm very thankful for that opportunity. Thank you. Agreed. I'm going to kind of piggyback off of you, Anthony, because while I've only been involved in cornhole for a couple of years, I have been trying to make my way onto a camera in front of a mic for the past 15 years. <laughs> so it has been uh, it has been a grind of me trying to make my dreams come true. And I'm honored to have them coming true in this unique way with the ACL. And it's really cool to be able to work, to go towards what I've always dreamed of and also to be able to work with really cool people because doing it alone is just not fun. Uh, trust me, I've tried. <laughs> so yeah. to be able to share this time and space with all of you and and be able to show my son that, you know, when you go towards what you want, it happens. And to be open to whatever way that wants to show up um, is a really cool um, and, and, and a true honor. So 
thank thank you acl thank you cornhole thank you everyone that listens and follows yeah, yeah thanks for our listeners too i can't believe they still listen to us guys <laughs> we appreciate you uh we literally couldn't do it without you because we would be talking to nobody which is just not very fun <laughs> so thank you all right we're going to move into our hot takes and uh well what are we what are we going to go for here Trey? what are you focusing I'm, on i'm getting even spicier right here Ooh, ready okay vincent frisch is on the rookie of the year ballot next season uh, the wow the he is on, I love that. And again, this is spicy because he's not only is he this new new kid on the block, but he's got to go through the PDC, PDC. and the field to get there. He's got to do a Jackson yeah. Gore last year, right? Mm -hmm. He's got to be Jackson Gore. I think he's on the ballot this year. Wow. Hot. All right, Anthony, what do you have? All right, I'm going to uh, I'm going to I kind of set it up at the beginning of the show. I'm going to close it out. Gavin Hammond and Jackson Remick leave Myrtle Beach with a high school doubles national championship. My hot take. I don't know how hot that is, to be honest. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call that lukewarm, <laughs> in my opinion. All right, my hot take I kind of alluded to before. I think Alec Ryan moves into at least one of your top 10 lists as the season progresses. I think he can take one of those spots. So I, I, I want to see Alec Ryan do that. All right, guys, that's all the time we got. Everyone have an amazing Thanksgiving and uh, eat lots of food. Enjoy your family. Play some cornhole, and we'll see you all next time.